0: Please join Paul and his guests as they ask the ever-important question... Is it Jaws? Russia will now throw its hat into the ring. I've seen this Drago fight. Drago is a super athlete. I know I can beat him. Hey, Paul. Look, maybe the show is over. You got nothing more to prove.
1: He thinks he's fighting for the whole country, but his reasons are wrong.
2: I'm asking, as a friend, stand in my corner, just this one last time.
1: I did not come here to lose. Perhaps this simple defeat will be a perfect example of how.
2: Your society
0: has become You're my friend but you're I should start the this And Don't do this to me I'm, I'm always down I cannot be defeated Somebody get a doctor in here. Soon, all will know my name Drago Drago I let it happen I gotta take everything he's got He's had one professional fight and one man is dead.
1: It's suicide. You can't win.
3: This is gonna be a time when you're gonna to have to do things that other people don't think are right,
2: but they're gonna be right for you. You gotta do what you gotta do. Not the fight been set yet? It's in Russia. Are you
0: All your power, all your love, everything you've got. You know what to do. Do it. He's not a machine. He's a man. Be more man
1: than him. I must break you. Rocky is in serious trouble.
0: Breathe. Don't be scared.
1: Get up, you
0: son of a bitch! All those fighters you beat, you beat him with heart! Get up! Get up! Get up. Get up. Run up!
2: Hello everybody and welcome to Is It Yours? I'm Paul Spitaro and I don't know when you're going to be hearing this, but we're recording it close to Boxing Day and with it being close to Boxing Day, we're looking at Rocky 4. I'm here today with my buddies, Mr. Chris Tyler, who's been my Rocky expert, hey, yo. as well as my Boxing Day expert, Mr. Andy Leyland.
1: Yo, Andrew. <laughs> oh,
2: that is horrible.
1: <laughs> what, what? What do you mean, horrible?
2: That that's that may be your worst accent yet.
1: <laughs> I don't believe that to be true at all. Well, You've heard my Irish, right?
2: <laughs> you know, we 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 can go on with this also, but you know, to me, unfortunately, you know, there's there's too much similarity between English, Irish, and Australian, and Scottish. <laughs> they all uh, just well, the, blend the key for to me. What you
1: do in Irish is you have to find a word that gets the accent right. So, shite. And as soon as you say that, Irish just comes naturally. See? as anyone who's Irish will attest.
2: <laughs> that's that's better than your Sylvester Stallone.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't think that that's true. <laughs> I but, think they're both equally poor.
2: <laughs> but, I, but, but I but I've gone on the record saying I love you, Clint Eastwood.
1: <laughs> well, every man's got to know his limitations.
3: See, every time I every time I hear Andy's he Clint Eastwood, all I can think of is 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 poor Liam Neeson trying to do a. A midwestern American accent.
2: <laughs> See, I always go, I have a
3: peculiar set of skills.
2: I always go to Kevin Costner trying to do an English accent in Robin Hood and giving up by the end of the movie.
1: I think he I gave it up by five minutes, didn't
2: he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but that movie's still great.
1: But well, so. he didn't cancel Christmas, so we can all be thankful for that. Yay!
3: Can't you? You can you can say you're going to cancel Christmas, but it always comes
2: just ask the Grinch. Anyway, uh, Chris and I have already talked about Rocky, Rocky 2, and Rocky 3, so it's the natural progression, progression that we're at Rocky 4 now, and it's even further pushed along by the recent in big theater or, or in-theater release of Rocky 4, Rocky vs. Drago, the ultimate director's cut. Now, I know for a fact that Andy has seen that in the, in the theater. Whereas Chris, Chris shocked me by being blissfully unaware of it until I actually mentioned it to him. And he said, oh, is that coming out? <laughs> I, hey, look, you know, life, life changes. I, I'm spending
3: a little less time on the Internet these days. so
1: That's probably good for your mental health.
3: Though. Oh, it's been fantastic.
2: Oh, I, I agree with that. But I was just surprised, knowing what a big Rocky fan you are, that you were unaware of it. Yeah, I. well, I mean, I startled myself by not knowing come on so i guess what we're gonna do is we'll talk a little bit about the original and then we'll talk about the changes in the director's cut and how we see them and if they affect our overall take on the film and then we'll give our our reviews nice and simple wrap it up with with a nice neat bow at the end Uh, so now i saw rocky four in the theater uh Probably more than once, but I'm not certain. And I remember, like, walking away from it, thinking, you know, what everybody says is, you know, it's, it's a long music video and it was very slick. But I just thought it was just fun, uh, despite the, the 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 morbid death of Apollo Creed. Spoilers, by the way,
1: uh, <laughs> for this 35-year-old film. Yes. Yeah.
2: You know, dis- despite that, you know, the, the serious nature of that, I still found it to just be a fun film, uh, and there was just so many silly things. You know, the music videos, and and then the, you know, at the end, you could change, we could all change, and and all of a sudden, all the Russians are rooting for him. Uh, you know, it, it was it was silly, it was propaganda at its, pro- I would say propaganda at its silliest, uh, but it I, was just I, fun. I, I walked away and I loved it. Propaganda at its finest. <laughs> so did we all see this in the movie theater or uh am i alone i did not you're all you're
1: uh yeah i did i saw it in the cinema <sighs> and then i saw it again as a double bill with rocky three oh, um wow. one of the things that you I, i've mentioned this before in other places that uh, you would not get nowadays is it was a packed house people were sat in the aisles and there i don't know you guys seem to have this misguided opinion that most British people are quite reserved and clap politely. No, Rocky IV had people cheering in the aisles.
3: Wow.
1: And I know that because I was there for it. Uh, that wouldn't, You wouldn't be allowed to do that nowadays. You wouldn't be allowed to sit on the steps going no, down no, into no. the theatre because health and safety wouldn't allow it. it well, oh, I don't think people care about health. I just think... <laughs> no, that, we're yeah. safety. It's oh, just... safety. Uh, but it was also a time where you could wander in halfway through the movie and just stare. there. And um, because you'd only come in halfway through, they let you ostensibly stay in to watch the first half that you'd missed, but you ended up staying and watching it again. And I think uh, I did that with the third one, not the fourth one, but I saw the fourth one in the cinema twice. Um, I I think it, it, it is jingoistic propaganda and it's most enjoyable. It really yes, is. Yes. I'm on record as saying I think Rocky IV is the worst of the Rocky films in terms of it being a film. It is also flat out probably the most purely enjoyable.
3: Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be hewing very close to our English brother here. Um, it, yeah, it, it is a 90-minute music video. Uh, it, was that because of MTV? Was that because Sly really likes to do montage? Was that because all the songs are really awesome? I don't know. And, yeah, is it is it different than the first two? Absolutely. Is it closer to what he was doing in number three? yeah kind of uh it was the reagan years he was already a pop culture icon by this point i, I always have a big smile on <laughs> my face when i watch this one uh, yeah that's and I, I mean that's what a movie should do right Just leave you entertained i guess that's my feeling on it
1: <laughs> yeah it's 88 minutes of pure joy yes the Rocky Four. I love Rocky Four, but yeah, you are absolutely right. If you cut out the music video montages and the clips to Rocky Three, this isn't more than an hour long. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's that is true. But, yeah. the mon- but the montages make it, man. No Easy oh, yeah. Way Out is a brilliant montage.
2: Well, I, th- I think the montages, I think the montages are, as Chris started to say, the reflection on the times. I also think the movies kind of progressed a little bit in their. Uh, you know, for, not to use the same word over over again, but their slickness, they got a little slicker with each movie, uh, you know, it, it, Rocky 2, you know, kind of reflected what we got in Rocky, uh, but we did see the character progressing, and, and you got to give some credit for that, because a lot of these movies would just, you know, it's just rehashed the same thing, and you wouldn't have any actual character moments. Rocky 3, you know, by then, Sly had discovered the, the joy of steroids, and, uh you know, he, he was he was very 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 much showing off his new uh, new build for the world to see, uh, but it was a, definitely a slicker movie with the Hulk Hogan scenes and all of that. And now this one took that to the next step with with you know the music video aspect. I think the thing that just at the time it really stood out to me was okay, he killed off. You know, uh, what you know, Mickey in in Rocky three. Now he's killing off Apollo in Rocky four. Oh, who's he going to kill in Rocky five? I guess Talia Shire is going to die for that one. Like that's the way I was thinking in this thing. Uh, it it was not very, I you know, it was not a deep movie. It didn't give you a lot of you know food for thought. It was just, it it really was almost like the amusement park Rocky ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I like a good amusement park ride. Well, yeah, well um, and and. <laughs> I'm not saying that necessarily as a you know as a damning criticism of it because I thought this was a lot of fun, and as I said, I may have even seen it more than once in a movie theater because I enjoyed it enough <laughs> so there's 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 i guess a distinction that you can make between fine cinema and fun cinema, yeah, this is fun cinema, yeah, it is well, I mean, look at it this way, the first one
3: what was the big arc for Rocky Balboa uh, it, it, that was his long dark tea time of the soul right, right. those two hours of, of him finding himself so what do you do after that once you've found yourself what what do you do you have to throw in other things you know so the second one has the the pregnancy and you know and Adrian getting sick and then the third one is oh this guy's me 10 years ago that I have to fight Why can I do that and then this one is this is just this unstoppable monster that just killed my best friend so i mean it's you're kind of limited on options when you've had your big arc right at the beginning so
1: yeah and i think that was always one of the things that i meant when i said as a film i think it's the worst of the rocky movies in the sense that rocky isn't the central protagonist in his own movie in the theatrical version he's doing this really all for apollo and he's only really good into action himself when Apollo is killed. So he's very passive in Rocky IV, the theatrical cut. There's a bit of change in that in the in the new one, which we'll mm-hmm. talk about when we talk about the new one. But that's what I mean about... It, it always felt like, in terms of the overall series, it was the worst film. People always seem to interpret that as I don't like it, which is completely wrong. I love it. I think it's the most entertaining... But it's also the one where Rocky has really the least impact on the overall story. It's not really about him. Whereas all the others are, like Chris just said, the personal stories about the character of Rocky Balboa. And you can argue maybe he went to that well a little bit too many times with the fifth one. But he himself has regretted the fifth one. But Rocky Balboa proved, and Creed proved, there's still mileage in it. Yeah. So there, is, there was a story that they could have told or I think, that could have had more impact on Rocky as a character and Rocky as a person. He could have been a bit more proactive in what he was doing. Whereas in the fourth one, as it was released theatrically, he's not really, is he? No. Yeah, and,
2: and no. In the fourth one, we, we see very, very minimal character growth for the character of Rocky. In fact, I'm... Sh- Kind of thing. We don't really see any character growth for him. Even even his relationship with Adrian is given some minimal attention. You know, she gives her her very weak objection to his having this fight. She gives her very weak objection to Apollo having the fight, and otherwise she's kind of non-existent in this movie. Uh, so his personal life, you know. Is is not really focused on. I think the, you know the closest we get to focus on his personal life is something that was actually cringeworthy in the movie, uh, was bringing out the giant robot that they gave to Paulie for his birthday. Yeah, hmm. the giant robot.
1: <laughs> and and you know and and
2: not to jump ahead to the new cut, but they thankfully excised all of that from the uh, director's cut. And I I, I got to think that is not a case of oh Sylvester Stallone's original vision was to leave this robot out but the studio made him leave it in. I think he just saw afterwards, boy that was stupid, I need to take that out
1: <laughs> He did a Q and A before the film, if you saw it in theatres. It was it was a filmed one. He wasn't, you know, answering questions live, which was quite disappointing. That would have been amusing. But he did a Q and A where he was talking about his impetus for this. He he didn't mention Creed two. Which I thought was curious, because I honestly think the impetus to this was Creed 2, which came along and essentially gave Rocky IV more weight and more gravitas in how mm. it treated the characters. It did for Rocky IV what Cobra Kai did for the Karate Kid series. Yeah, It made you go, well, actually, what we thought was a bit of campy, excessive 80s fun for these characters, it was a real thing. It treated it as real. And he doesn't mention that in his Q&A. He doesn't mention whether Creed two was the reason he went back to it. But he does cop to the fact that the excising of the robot now is very much a 25 years later decision. Oh, okay, I,
3: I, I, that, That's okay. I mean, hindsight is always 2020. 20,
1: 20. I, And, yeah, and, you know. and I, I
2: actually appreciate that he would admit that and not say, oh, I never liked it, you know.
1: No, no, he actually says at the time that he did it, they all thought it was a good laugh and a a goof and a bit of fun. And it was only later on. He was was a very open and honest Q&A, actually, which is one of the things I like about Stallone. As he's got older, he's got a little bit more self-aware and a little bit more able to criticise himself, which he didn't seem to be able to do in the 80s, (laughs) where he took himself very seriously. It's why I kind of preferred Schwarzenegger in the 80s. But now he seems to be able to look back at it and he looks back and he said, I, my problem with the theatrical cut was I was very much making it like an MTV video. He cops to that. So you're absolutely spot on with that observation. He says it's all quick cuts. It's all montages. And I cut out loads of really lovely little character moments and character asides and B-roll stuff coverage of other actors reacting. I cut all of that because I purred it down to what I thought the audience wanted to see in 1986. And I look at it and I looked, I took another look at it during the pandemic because he had nothing else to do. And he, he felt I can do something with this. I can make this more of a piece with the others. But he did, he did say, yeah, he just found the robot embarrassing now. Whereas he thought the lot of the other stuff were just decisions he made when he was younger that he wouldn't now make and mm-hmm. he's got a lot of balls to go back and make a director's cut of the most financially successful one of the series <laughs> yeah. i think not I only financially was lot...
2: successful of the series yeah. it was the most financially successful sports movie until it was overtaken by the blind side, which is what three years ago yeah so it was, it, it, was it was it incre- was you know think there's been a lot of sports movies since nineteen eighty five when this first came out. Uh, and none of them did better financially than this one did.
1: No. Well, it, it's the ultimate feel-good film, isn't it? I mean, and ultimately, Especially during the Cold War. Yeah. And ultimately, its message is very much, even in the theatrical cut, its message is, look, at some point, we're going to have to put our weapons down and start talking. And surely it's better to have two guys fight it out in a boxing ring than have people killing each other on a battlefield. And that message is in the theatrical cut as well. And I think that's why it plays everywhere else as well as it does in America, because ultimately the message is universal.
2: I think yeah. it also builds a little bit on what we got in Rocky Three. You know, in Rocky Three, we have now the uh, Rocky Balboa who's become civilized, uh, mm. and that and that's the problem. You know, uh, Clubbing is still in the. Uh, you know, in, in the dirty gym and, and beating himself up to, to stay tough and strong and, and mentally tough. Whereas Rocky is, you know, doing the, uh, you know, the, the workout in, in, in the gym that's ultra modern. And you could see he's, he's doing all his exercises and he's working hard, but it's not the same. And then he loses that fight and clo and, and, and Apollo Creed comes along and says, no, we got to take you back to the roots. we got to take you back to where you are to make you hungry again. And he brings him to a dirty gym and, you know, goes through all of this stuff where, where you know, his character has to find deep inside himself what it's going to take to win that fight. So now in this one, you know, after Apollo fights Drago, uh, which, is, which is, you know what, I want to go back on that a little bit. I think we're jumping it too quick. Yes, it's slick, but that scene, when they do the fight, and they have James Brown doing Living in America, and Apollo is doing his dance as they come down and all of that, is just so cool. It really is, and it's so reminiscent of Rocky when he comes out throwing the silver dollars in the George Washington... uh outfit yeah you know he's he's a master showman Apollo Creed and he's taking it that way and and, and it's 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 reliving Rocky a little bit when you know when when uh, what's his name uh, well, listen, I can't think of uh, Duke when Duke says he don't know it's a damn show he thinks it's a damn fight you know that's yeah. that's what's going on again Apollo thinks it's going to be just a show he thinks that this guy's going to be big and clumsy and slow-moving and that he could just dance around them and, and win it easily which is the same thing he thought were Rocky, only this one, you know, the <laughs> the, the price is so much higher. Uh, in, in the original cut, I think they made more out of uh, Rocky not throwing in the towel and feeling guilty over it. So that was kind of a little bit more characterization that we got. I don't think we felt it as much in this version. Uh, but... You know, we have Rock uh, Apollo who's doing the slick workout and and you know not going back to his roots until what happens to him, and then we spend the the rest of the montage scenes seeing how Rocky is down and dirty, you know, working out, and Drago is in you know the ultra modernistic gym and using performance enhancers.
3: Ha ha ha! Ironic. But,
2: before performance enhancers were even a you know big verboten item yeah yeah so you know I, I but i do think you know in both movies we have that comparison in in the first one it's it's rocky has to learn how to do it again In the second one it's he's taking advantage of what he's learned about himself and how to how to get in shape and how to be you know hungry for a fight so you know, it is funny, though, because, you know, my understanding is that Dolph Lundgren is a highly intelligent man in real life.
1: Yeah, he's uh, got multiple engineering degrees, doesn't he? Yes.
2: He's yeah, a... And he's a martial artist, and he's got, you know, he, he's 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 a very, very well-rounded person from everything I understand in real life. But, boy, did he convince me, and maybe this is his acting skill, he convinced me he was a big wooden dope in this movie. <laughs>
1: Well, well, it's interesting you say that when you compare it to the new cut. But again, when we have our conversation about that, we'll discuss that.
3: Well, it's uh, again, it's and it maybe maybe this is slide. Just know what the range of, of the actors he's working with is uh, in the theatrical cut. I mean, it's clear that. That Drago is and maybe this is me just looking on it with 2021 eyes. I mean, he's he's a tool of the Russian government. You know, he's somebody that they've propped up and uh, super soldiered up as much as they can to be the face of this is this is the Russian strength and this is who we are and we're going to put him right in your face. I mean, he's he's as much of a of a tool of of propaganda as as Rocky and and Apollo are on the American side. It's just in a much more severe way.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting that you point that out in comparison to the new one where the footage that Sly puts back in about Drago, because yeah, in the theatrical cut, that's all he is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Creed 2 picked up on that and followed up on it and did a really good job on it, but that's not the case as much in the new version.
2: Yeah. So let, let's just kind of wrap up the original. Uh, you know, we have a lot of good training sequences and, and I, I think they're really well done again, music video, but really well done, yeah, uh,
1: really well cut together.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just the, the music is very of its time, but it's also, you know, very good. I just, you know, it really gets you pumped up. It's the, it's good workout music okay, in effect.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I still listen to the Rocky four school when I go running. I'm How sorry, I but not, I
2: do. Yeah. I can't run anymore, but
3: geez, if I could, yeah, it would it would be, you Ice, know, hats yeah, on yeah. fire and, <laughs> yeah. and, um, noisy, and yeah.
1: even Vince DiColo's stuff. Vince is dated as hell. But it works. If you're trying to do some exercise, that, that works. And it's not quite as emotional as Conti's stuff. But it's it works in the film and it works independent of the film.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think I think that the music, you know, it's Again, it's a you know an hour and a half music video, but it's a good music video, <laughs> you know, and and it's not a you know it, it, it one one just interesting point was that uh, "Glory of Love" by Peter Cetera, which was in Karate Kid Two, was actually made for the or you know was presented for this movie, you know he 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 mm-hmm. wrote it for the title credit or the end credits in the movie. Doesn't.
3: Uh, Thematically, that doesn't work yeah
2: no because because this isn't a love story you know just uh, just... a
3: love story about america but (laughs) i don't think sly was going to go there with with that kind of metaphor
2: so I, i thought the fight itself was you know it was well well choreographed and it was enjoyable uh I think it was. I think it was better presented in the second one, so we'll get to that in, in a couple of mm. minutes.
1: Uh, the, in the in the theatrical one, the, the sound of the punches landing is just far too theatrical by this point. If you watch like the first one and the fourth one back to back, you've got the realistic like little thud noises of the glove hitting face. And by the time you get to the third one, the thunder claps. Yeah.
2: I thought it was a poor choice to have Warner Wolf as one of the boxing announcers because. First of all, I don't think he ever really did boxing announcing. He was more a, you know, just a, a news sports guy. He was very popular at that time. I don't know well, if you guys was, remember. Well, this would have been newsworthy if it was real. Yeah, but, you know, his 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 lines are, oh, look, the, the Russian's so big. You know, it's like, really? Just, <laughs> yeah,
1: just, some just, just, of those just go away. lines are terrible. <laughs> this is the last round.
2: Yeah, so I, I thought I thought that could have been much better, honestly. And I don't think they improved that in the second one to speak of. No, uh, yeah, they could
1: have got rid of that line, and it wouldn't have made a blind bit of difference.
2: But, you know, the fight itself, I, like, like I said, I think it was well choreographed. The music plays well in it. Uh, and then, you know, he finally wins the fight. Shocker. Uh, and, and I did feel like this, the speech to the Russian people is just so corny. I, I love it. I can change, I, so you can change. We could all change. <laughs> it's like really, and and the fans are just cheering him like crazy.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, sometimes that happens, though. I mean, no, it had doesn't. It? Yes, it does. Well, <laughs>
2: Okay, maybe not, no, I, not. Maybe not nation to nation. But that's that's you, like picture picture the the Yankees and Red Sox have, have the, the, I mean. this knock knock down drag out fight, and the Yankees win it on a on a eleventh inning home run in, in Fenway Park. The, 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 the Fenway faithful aren't going to say, "Oh, now I like the Yankees." I I
3: know I hate the Yankees, but I respect them. See, yeah, there's, that's,
2: there's that's a big difference. Is. You I, know what? I've I've lived through 40-some odd years of of uh, Boston fans saying Bucky and Dent because well, he had yeah, a home run to beat that. them. In. <laughs> so you know what? That's what the the fans in Russia would be saying. They'd be saying Rocky and Balboa as they're walking out. They wouldn't be cheering for him. We going what?
3: I just uh, all right. I I disagree. I I think it was a mutual respect thing by that point. I mean, because I mean, when Drago do what he he destroyed, he destroys everything, you know. And then uh, here comes this guy that he can't destroy. The Russian people, they they, I think they would appreciate a scrappy, hard-hitting
2: guy. I I think they might appreciate it. I don't think they're going to embrace it, and that's what they show. Just just let me have my '80s Reagan fantasy, Paul,
1: please. Please. Do you have an
2: opinion on this, Andy? Uh,
1: no, because you both disappeared. I had to rejoin the call, so oh, I didn't no. know what you said. We're, talk,
2: we're talking about what the chances are that the Russian uh, fans would embrace Rocky and cheer for him by the end. Uh, I I'm, I'm, I'm firmly on the side that that's never, ever, ever going to happen, and Chris is wanting to have his fantasy that it could.
1: I think it's highly unlikely that Manchester City fans would cheer for Manchester United fans.
2: And that's <laughs> that's not even two different countries.
1: No, <laughs> it's just one city. Don't get me started on the Brooklyn episode. So, just to
2: to kind of wrap up Rocky for the theatrical the original theatrical cut. I think this is, you know, you mentioned about being a better film or whatever. Uh, I've made this distinction many, many times about the difference between a good film and an enjoyable film. There are a lot of movies out there that I could sit here and I could tell you, you know, this is absolutely the better made movie. The acting is better. The story has more gravitas. The directing is phenomenal. But they're so heavy and they weigh on you so much that it's like I've watched it once. It's a great movie. I really never want to see it again. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you and know, that, I think one one of the movies for me that was like that was uh, Saving Private Ryan. Honestly, it, me, was just, man, it was just it was just so list. Schindler's List definitely falls. Exactly. I think that might be um, the yeah, I think yeah, that may be the prototypical one.
1: Uh, I saw it in the cinema. I never want to watch it again, but I'll watch Logan's Run two or three times a year.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so this movie is not great cinema. It it is it is the acting is a little wooden. The Directing is too choppy, too fast cut, too music video. The story isn't overwhelming, but it's just fun, as I've said. So I would rank this as a kind of lower end Jaws 2. It's, you know, it, it it's, I gotta, I gotta acknowledge its flaws, but I would, I could watch this over and over again, despite the flaws. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. that's that's where I land on this one. So before we go to the other cut, where do you guys land on this one?
1: I'm with you. I think this is a higher-end too 2. I mean, if we're, if we're ranking it purely on enjoyability and how fun it is to watch and how much joy it gives you to watch when you watch it, I think it's a higher-end Jaws 2. I really do. I love Rocky Four. I love everything about it. Whilst acknowledging that, as a film, it is probably the weakest of the series. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about purely on an enjoyment level. It's a high-end yours too, I think.
2: Well, just to be uh, to be a little bit, you know, to define it a little bit further, everybody's ratings are their own, and whatever standards you choose to apply are your own. I do look to the other aspects of it you know when i start going into you know from jaws 2 up to jaws i'm going to be looking you know is the acting really good is the directing really good is the story really good you know i want to be looking at every aspect of it is the score really good now in this one you know again it's pure fun the and and the score is really solid the movie is very slick so i think it's certainly the cinematography i think was really good Again, in the directing—it just—it was more the editing that I'd have an issue with than the directing. Hmm.
1: Well, look at look at what he followed this up with, the Cobra, and how easy it would have been to get this wrong. And again, it's not that Cobra's is not fun; it is, but my God, it is far from a good movie, oh, yeah. and it's not even on the same level of his enjoyment as Rocky IV is. So Cobra shows you how it could easily have gone completely wrong.
2: That movie was the and Rocky... disease, and I'm <laughs> <Yeah>, the cure. <mature. laughs> I
3: and I, I have the cure for both of your jaws too, because this is this is Jaws for me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I thought have, you might say, that. and
3: and I have and I have no problem saying that. I, 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 I mean, the original Rocky is still my favorite of of the whole series, but my God, I have watched this one more than any other one more more times. I mean, this is a, a comfort food movie for me, and I, I can put this on. Anytime time and just uh i'll just be in the zone i'll be singing along to the soundtrack <laughs> enjoying every single second of it even with the, the dialogue uh, yeah you know there's nothing nothing wrong with that and nope. it, it's, that's how this one makes me feel
1: it passes the joe's flick test
3: yeah oh yeah
2: yeah. this is on <laughs> tv you leave it yep. on yep. you know what i'm probably as far as the flick test goes, I'm probably in the same boat on that one. Uh, I'm just giving it, you know, just giving it the critical eye and dropping it down a level. Because uh, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think it's just a fun movie. And, you know, that's uh, like I said, I never criticize anybody else for applying their own standards to it. So you see it as a Jaws, that's great for you. And I have no issue with that at all. Uh, so then, I don't remember exactly when I heard, but I mean, it was already in the pipeline to be released this wasn't something that i heard about developing this isn't you know the uh, the snyder cut uh <laughs> when uh you know when i first heard about this it was already being like oh next week they're going to show this in the movies
1: uh oh, right, see i heard of it a lot sooner than that you did an announcement that it was coming in did you have much
2: anticipation
1: a... based upon yes. that? yes because when it was first announced, I was very, we don't need a new cut of Rocky Four. What do we need that for? Because I honestly, based on the stuff that you said, because now in retrospect, he clearly didn't want to give too much away. I genuinely thought this was going to be one of those. It's going to have a couple of extra scenes in it. Maybe some rescoring here and there and you'll just throw it out as a cash grab. And it was only when I saw the first trailer for it and the trailer for it was posted on YouTube or something. Sly's YouTube channel. And I got really excited about it because it was quite apparent from that trailer this wasn't that. This wasn't the Star Trek 2 directors' cut where well, there's one or two extra scenes in that make you go, oh that's nice. But the film is in of itself is exactly the same film. It's just a couple of minutes longer. This is a ground zero recutting of the movie from top to tail. And it's not just that he's put in extra scenes, extra lines of dialogue, extra close-ups of actors to let moments breathe. It's also in what he's removed as well. And unfortunately Pauly suffers a lot from that. Yeah, Because as the film went along Pauly became more comic relief and the film doesn't really have a lot of comic relief in it now. But he's made it more of a piece with the other movies. And so when it was announced that it was going to get a theatrical release and it was only on once over two days, it was on Friday night and Saturday night. I said to Andrew, We're we'll going. And uh, we called up our two friends, Janet and Andy, said, Do you, you want to go watch Rocky Four? And they were like, Why? I said, No, no, it's a new version. So we all four of us rocked along to the cinema at eight o'clock at night and we watched Rocky Four. And I sat there rapt, honestly, as if this was a new film that I had never seen before. And I was really impressed with him, not only with what he's put back in, but his discipline in how he's approached it now. And it's it's not an ego stroke. He has genuinely looked at the movie, looked at the flaws. And if he's telling the truth in that Q&A, he's looking at the things that have bugged him for 20, 25 years about the movie and it's standing within the rest of the Rocky canon. And he's fixed them. And I think top to tail, this is a better in speech-marked film I don't know that it's as enjoyable as the theatrical one. And we can have a conversation about that. But the arcs for all of the characters are much better. As we mentioned earlier on, Drago's arc uh, now, he, you feel sorry for him now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It is that he's a he is a tool of the Russian propaganda machine. But in this new cut, co- he stands up for himself. And he realises that. And he, he, he gets his own agency, which he didn't have in the theatrical version. Yeah. Rocky himself has an arc now um, made very clear about that new scene that wasn't in the, the theatrical one where him and Adrian have a, a bit of a verbal fence with Apollo. Rocky's all, I don't think you should do this. And Apollo's talking about, look, at some point we have to hang up the gloves and I'm, I'm not ready to just fade out. And Adrian's like, but why? What are you proving? What have you got to show? What do you, What do you, Why are you doing this? What have you got to prove? And there is a certain machismo to what Apollo's talking about that Adrian just doesn't understand. And that applied, That gives Rocky his own agency through the film as well because he's realising this will happen to him. At some point, you've got to get off the stage, especially in a, a physical sport like this. And I think there's points, yeah, points
2: where you have subtle moments where he is questioning himself, where he is asking himself. You remember, It's never done overtly. But I think in his acting, and I'll give credit to Stallone for doing some more subtle acting, I think there's moments where you could see he's being introspective and he's asking himself, Am I doing the same thing that Apollo just did?
1: Yeah. And that's more, though, in the theatrical one. And there's more, you get more of the feeling of why Apollo's doing this in the new version. And just all those little characters, but Duke has more to do in this one, like Apollo's funeral is more fleshed out and there are speeches that weren't in the theatrical cut, and it just lets the characters breathe a lot more but all credit to him he's left the montages alone
2: <laughs> and i think leaving the montages alone is what makes this now uh, i'm kind of jumping to the, a little bit to the conclusion now but this now it's what makes this if i'm going to watch rocky 4 this is the version i'm going to watch uh, right. I'm not gonna. I don't think I'm gonna jump back and forth between the two. I think the original cut is gonna suffer for this because this does have fun moments like the montages in there. Uh, so I don't feel like I've lost all of that, and yet it does have more gravitas. And I want to talk a little bit more about that. A lot of the things that you just brought up, Andy, uh, but I think that you know this this is a meteor movie now, and and it surprises me. I think much in the way that it might have surprised you. That it isn't just an ego thing, and I thought it was going to be when I first heard about it. Me so, too. So it, it's you know it, it, it's a welcome surprise that he took the weaknesses from the first one and strengthened them without totally changing the movie. Yeah.
3: Well, I, I mean, if you, you, he, Apollo dies in this, right? I mean, so spoilers. What better, <clears throat> yeah. What better thing to do than? Uh, put back in as much of that character that was filmed and that has thematic weight to Apollo's story, the overall story and Rocky's story. Um, Yeah. All of those extended scenes, anything with Apollo. Yeah. I was, I was on the edge of my seat too. I was like, Oh man, this is, this is the stuff that really should have been in the film uh, originally um it's been a while since i've watched the theatrical one but their whole discussion about being a warrior and having a you know having a warrior's fate i don't remember that from the theatrical and you guys can correct can correct me if no I'm wrong. i
1: think you're right i don't think that's in.
3: and that's i mean that that's the thematic arc of the movie at that point it is no longer just an east versus west uh jingoistic uh beat-em-up at that point it is a another dark tea time of the soul for rocky because he has to decide if he's going to continue to be a warrior, or if he is just going to live the slick life and fade off and, you know, rest on his laurels again. Uh, And so I I was immediately sucked in by all those extended scenes with Apollo. But did
1: you not think as well that it it gave... Adrian can sometimes come across as a little bit shrill. Yeah. And a little bit one-note, and a little bit, stop the fight! Those extra (laughs) scenes that they put in, the kitchen scene, yeah. where it's just her and Rocky chatting around the fridge, really gives her a reason for, why are you doing this? Why is he doing this? What have you both got to prove at this point? And there's a part of you that's actually agreeing with her. Oh,
3: yeah.
1: They both right. become. Yeah, no, she's not. They've both become heavyweight champion of the world. At this point, they both must clearly be in the mid-40s. Maybe a bit older in in Apollo's, Apollo's
2: I think yeah. I think they're supposed to be a little younger than that. Uh, I I think they are in their mid forties, but I think that uh, but I think they're supposed to be like late thirties at this point. I, you know, even, even though they're not. Uh, but yeah, Adrian in Rocky Two becomes the enemy <laughs> because she's so you know so against him fighting, and you want him to fight. Uh, whereas in this one, she becomes the voice of reason. Mm. She's not what? shrill. She's not screaming. She's not turning this into, uh, you know, uh, just a thing where you, where you want to root against her. She's sitting there and she's explaining to you why they shouldn't do this. And she's doing it in a reasonable manner. And then she's backing off. It's not, oh, we're well- going to get divorced over it
3: but it see it's I, and i and i look at those scenes and some people might not like the way adrian acts in 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 the films you know the way she acts towards towards rocky and, and everything else in the situation but she only has the ability to do that because of what rocky brought out of her not long after they started dating he helped give her agency you know yeah. she never spoke up before and she kept everything bottled up because of her relationship with him She has the self-esteem to to be able to say these things to to her brother and to him.
1: He's been very, very good for her in the way that she's been very, very good for him. And I think this one gives you this one. It plays better when he leaves than it does in the theatrical cut because you've had Adrian's side of it. And unlike in the second one where she did come around and in the third one where she's actively encouraging, you know, get that back, get that fire back in your belly. In this one, you get it. You understand. Because it's like you there is a part of this. Like, why are you doing this? Her point of view is expressed really well. And like Paul just said, it's not done through melodrama and it's not done through shrieking or arguing with each other. It's that quiet little scene in the kitchen where she puts across her point of view. But ultimately, she knows he's going to do whatever he needs to do. And then the scene where he goes, no, I have to go. I have to leave. And that plays really more emotionally in this version than it did in the theatrical one. Because there is a part of you that's on Adrian's side this time.
2: Yeah, you're seeing why she's right. You understand that she's right. But you still want him to fight.
1: (laughs) Well, 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 she's she's the head, isn't she? And Rocky's the heart
2: so but the, the beauty of it is i think is that you understand both sides of it you understand why she thinks it's foolish and you understand why she's right to think it's mm-hmm. he's foolish but you also understand why they want to go forward not quite as much with apollo but by the time rocky does it you understand why he's doing it a little bit more uh you know apollo i think as a character was always more driven by the fame and, and the accolades yeah, the trappings
1: of fame.
2: Yeah. Whereas, whereas Rocky was driven more for personal goals. You know, I want to last out the fight and whatever, you know, he, he, he wasn't quite as much into the, uh, you know, the adoration of the crowd. Although, you know, in Rocky three, you see, he clearly starts eating it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but it's still, it's not the same motivating factor that it is with, with Apollo. And again, we see it in, in the opening, scene for the fight when he comes down with James Brown singing Living in America, which I'm going to say again, I just love that scene. But also (laughs) as
1: well, the extra little cuts that they've put in, Rocky looks a little embarrassed by all of that, which again is a call back to the first film.
2: Mm Mm-hmm, yes even you know, during the press conference and and even you know during that part i'm going to just before i forget to mention it i'm going to say this this you mentioned about paulie suffering for it there's two things that he's that that they eliminated and i think both were very very wise the first is a robot which we already talked but the second one it's a little bit more subtle that it needed to be taken out but boy did it need to be taken out when uh when when apollo says it, i think it's apollo says it not not a uh, Rocky says, so I, I see three of three of No, is, Rocky says it. I see three of them. And Paulie says, hit the just one, hit, in, the hit the, the one yeah. in the middle, which is just stupid. But what's even more stupid see, I, is I, that I, Duke. I that's
1: a funny gag. I, I Yeah, it's,
2: like it's okay with Paulie saying it, but then Duke says, yeah, hit the one in the middle. Duke is a professional. Duke is not yeah. going to say that. <laughs>
1: no. I, I agree with that, especially in the, the new version where they've given Duke more to do as well. Oh. You get why he's there in Rocky's car at the end of it. For for Duke uh, to say see.
2: that to me, that's that's just like it's comic relief uh, that lessens his character. And I always thought Duke, you know, he's he's he doesn't have a huge part in these movies, but I always thought he was very cool. And to yeah. take that takes away from his cool that he's he's so desperate that he's agreeing with Pauly. Uh.
3: Uh, I I don't know I I don't ha- I don't have any issue with that line I, at that
2: point <laughs>
1: I'd leave I'd leave the Paulie bit
2: yeah and then cut back to to Drago or yeah. something that's that's yeah that's fine because Paulie is a buffoon and and that's the whole purpose of his character in this movie at least he doesn't really have a character arc I think the only point of of him in this movie is to show how comfortable he's become living with Rocky and Adrian and that he's part of their family and all of that. Uh, whereas, you know, in, in Rocky three, he has the character arc where he has to grow up. Yeah. So, you know, the training sequences, well, that's the, the, the relationship between Rocky and, and Apollo, uh, you know, that, that you mentioned, I think that's better fleshed out. I think you have better reason when they say you lost your best friend, you have better reason to believe that they're best friends in this in yeah, this version tri- than you did in the first one
3: pretty quick in the in the theatrical yeah
1: but in yeah. this new one the the add extra scenes at the beginning that weren't in Rocky 3 mhm so that you're getting some additional moments from Rocky 3 that weren't in that film because one of the things i really appreciated about this this is just a gaggy thing if you follow the timeline for the rocky movies it doesn't work no. at all where one ends and the next one picks up. But now this one doesn't pick up at the end of the third one. So there could be a significant amount of time between three and four. Well, because you my, figure... the vibe,
2: go on. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say the vibe I got from this new cut was that Rocky was, for all intents and purposes, retired. He wasn't going to challenge anymore. He was just going to hang up his gloves. He's won it. He's heavyweight champion. He had the wherewithal to go out on top. Which is something perhaps Apollo never had, and it's not specifically stated, I don't think, but that was just the vibe I got from the new cut that Rocky was was willing to go. Eh, I'm going to call it a day now.
2: Well, you forget the in the first movie, Rocky's got to be about thirty three. I'm talking the character, not Sylvester Stallone. Hmm. He's he's an you know slightly older boxer, but he's not past his ability to box for Rocky 2, maybe it's a year later, 34. Rocky 3, now he's had a couple of years as champion. It's pro- he's probably about 36, 37. So, yeah, yeah in, in yeah. this movie, I'd say he's he's pushing 40, the character. And 40 for a boxer is ancient. Yeah. You know, the on- the only person I knew who kind of made that work was George Foreman for a while, and it was just cuz he was so Thick and massive that the the blows didn't really affect him as much but you know that that's again that's a story for another day but uh yeah the timeline probably doesn't really work that well uh but i guess you you know you can squeeze it in if you if you need to to try and make it make sense uh you know, the, the the whole Apollo fight, again, I, I think that this one, as edited, and I'd have to put them side by side to see, I think it doesn't make as big a deal of Rocky not throwing in the towel and guilt for that. Uh, so I, I, I thought that that was kind of like a little saccharine forcing emotion out of you anyway, that he should feel guilty about it.
3: I mean, yeah, there's definitely guilt there, but it's—I mean—they're both adults, and and he was trying to honor his friend's wishes. I mean, I, that's—I wouldn't want to be put in that situation. What what do you do? You know, this is clearly the only thing. You know, Apollo did have does have his family, but he's also he's a fighter and he wants to fight, and and Rocky understands that.
2: So let's talk about the character of Drago a little bit. Uh, like you said, I think he's much more sympathetic in this. I think that you see the pressure that he's being put under a lot more. You see a little bit more of his personality, uh, instead Mm -hmm. of his just being a machine. But I think that's, that's, you know, that that's kind of a reflection of the way people look at things now too. Uh, you know, back then Russia was just this country of cold, uh, unfeeling, not really people. (laughs) I always go back to uh, the episode of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation when Picard's a prisoner of the uh, Cardassians and uh, (laughs) the the little girl comes in and says, oh, is that a human? And uh, I'm trying to remember exactly the line David Warner says but it's something like, yeah, but they don't love their children like we do. Something along those lines. And I think that's the way Russia was presented to us in the eighties. They're different from us. They don't really care about their families. All they care about is communism. They're bad. You know? So now now I think, you know, almost forty years has gone by and you know, Sylvester Sloan could say, no, nah, this guy's human and he's feeling the but, pressure but of you the, know, the, the propaganda. But here's, but here's the thing,
3: Paul. He wrote it and filmed it back then. So yeah. it wasn't that so I mean it wasn't this new thing that sprang out of his head for this recut. Oh he no, had I know those thoughts
2: originally. I know, that's that's part of my point though. He filmed those scenes but elected to not put them in because they were going against the public perception of what that was all like. Now yeah, you can you argue
1: know, he made the correct choices at the time. Because as we've pointed out, it was incredibly popular, commercially, and the most successful Sports movie of all time until recently, Paul just said. So he, he, you could argue he didn't make mistakes at the time that he made it. He thinks that he made mistakes with it, and he could have fallen flat on his face with this. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's a, it, it,
1: I don't think he. It, I don't think it, he made mistakes. I think he just
2: he made the movie that was going to be popular at that time. He made a movie of its day,
1: and yeah, now and decided I, he made the right decisions at the time. He just looks back on it and sees what he considers them to be mistakes to cut those character beats, to cut those reaction shots, to not give scenes time to breathe. He considers them to be mistakes.
2: I think he, I think he, he's, he was able to look and say, I have this other footage and I can now take this movie of the 1980s and make it a movie that's going to transcend the eighties. And well. Mm-hmm. I, I, by transcend, I mean a movie that's still going to be, that's going to have more effective storytelling in 2021 than the 1980s version would. And I think that's reality. I think it does.
1: Yeah. And, and more than anything, it shows the power of editing. Oh, yeah. Because he had all this footage and elected not to use it.
2: Yeah, he didn't redirect the movie. He re-edited the movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, it's interesting as well. Oh, go up, Sorry, Chris.
3: I, I was just gonna say that the the enjoyment that I got from this, I would really, really, really like him to. I, and then I guess it would be a a Stallone cut of Rocky Five because uh, uh, there has he to talks be
1: talked about that in the Q and A.
3: Oh, see now, uh, of anyone that was that's begging for a recut, it's it's that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that. he was asked. He was asked. Is there any others? Any other films? of yours that you'd like to do this with and he, he said he would like to do it with Rocky V.
3: Uh, please do. Cause I, I, and, and I don't hate Rocky V, but I would like no, to see I a don't. New, I would like to see a different cut of it. That would be yeah. probably pretty enlightening.
2: Well, I, I think... See, uh, I, I don't I want like to go too... This? I was going to say, I don't want to go too much into our Rocky V review because I'd like to do that at some point. In fact, I'd like to have both of you back for that yeah. one. Uh, but there's certainly... This I certainly have a lot of criticisms of that movie, and I'm not sure if you can make it right uh, as far as those criticisms go. So it would be interesting to see. But uh, you were going to say something else about this one?
1: I was just going to say the loss of Paulie means that the, the film is a little more humorless than it perhaps needs to be. But that is... Not offset, but certainly enhanced by the fact that he puts a lot more Michael Pataki in it, who is chewing up scenery like nobody's <laughs> business, <laughs> and I love it. Yeah, he's doing a brilliant job with it. And again, he mentioned in the Q and A that was one of the things as well. He wants to put more of Nikolai back in it because he, he, he also...
2: He... I don't think Michael Pataki also made you feel more sympathetic for Drago because yes. you know, he, he you know with the new cut you see how much of a puppet he is and and a lot yeah, of you that see, is
1: think that nikolai's being controlled as well don't you
2: yeah true well, I mean that's just that's that's what it that's exactly
3: what it was it's probably a closer representation of what the hierarchy of the Russian state was at the time than just the somewhat cartoony uh, archetypes that we get in the theatrical cut did what, you get did, it?
1: what do you think of the re-edited ended in in what uh, respects? He tones down... He's still patriotic, but he tones down a lot of the jingoism of it. Like you were on about earlier on, the Russians don't stand up and applaud anymore. Mm -hmm. They just get up and leave quietly. Like, okay, there's a measure of respect here that he won, but we're not going to acknowledge that. It's a little more realistic. Yeah. Yeah, the speech is slightly different as well. I don't know whether it's a different cut or whatever, but the speech is slightly different as well and it doesn't end on the glory shot it doesn't end on the money shot of him being lifted up and being cheered it ends quietly with Rocky just leaving well, the, know, the yeah. Ring. Yeah? Yeah, yeah yeah and
2: then and that's I think that brings at least a le- you know a level closer to realistic on that in that respect what did you think of uh, of Brigitte Nielsen She's physically everything. or sure. <laughs> What did you think of her presence in the movie? You, in whatever respect you care to hit on. Go on, Chris. You uh,
3: the I mean, honestly, it, both cuts. I, she's always kind of been a non-factor for me in this. It, it's clear that she's she's going to be the mouthpiece for Drago because they don't want him to talk or think for himself. Um, mm-hmm. So it's I, I, you could probably lose her from either cut, and I don't think anything would be lost.
1: I was going to say exactly the same thing. I, I agree. She's a non-entity, really. She's there because she was dating Stallone at the time. And if you've seen Cobra, she's not the most charismatic actor in the world.
3: I disagree. <laughs> I like her in Red Sonja. But maybe but, that's oh, just yeah, me. So she's all right. In
1: yeah. See, yeah. now, I, I
2: saw something in this one that I do not think was in the original that made me raise an eyebrow and think, hmm. So in this one, they show Nikolai sharing a cigarette with her. Mm. And I don't think that was in the original. It is he's smoking a
1: cigarette.
2: Because he's smoking a cigarette it, and then he it, hands it to her it, and she it's... takes a drag out of it. Which makes me start thinking, she's she's screwing around with Nikolai. I wouldn't be surprised. That's where my mind goes. Yeah. So now, to me, that added more thought of poor Drago. <laughs> he's being manipulated not only by the government but by this, oh, so his wife... It, yeah. And I'm thinking she may not even she she may have been set up with him by the government. Like I'm I'm I starting to take this surprised. even further.
3: Yeah, yeah. Not, not, none of that none of that would surprise me, and it, it, that's certainly all valid. I mean, you, the government in Russia tells you to do something, you're gonna do it.
2: Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm I'm, I'm seeing though. her now as as a more pivotal character. Although her acting d- d- does not mean anything to me, uh, and and is not particularly meaningful, and she really doesn't say much at all. But now her character seems to have a little bit more weight to me because I noticed that.
1: I I, I wish I'd watched them both back to back, but obviously this all came together last minute, so we didn't have a chance to. But I'm sure that scenes moved. I think you see her take a drag of the cigarette just callously when Apollo's been beaten to death. And I'm sure he's just moved that scene to somewhere else so she doesn't come across as quite as callous. Mm. Like and I'm sure in the theatrical she's just sat there smoking casually while Drago's killing Apollo. I can yeah I'm I can I don't, don't remember it in the like original
2: cut. About, I just but... I don't remember it at all in the original cut and I I, I may have to watch just to see that.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing as well. He's moved a lot of those reaction shots. He's moved a lot of that coverage around to allow the scenes to breathe differently.
2: Yeah, it may be that it was in there and it was just in a fit of cuts that it just didn't you know, didn't resonate with me. But in this one, it's a little bit more slow and it's a little bit more focused on. It, and it meant something to me when I saw it. Like I said, I'm probably reading way more into it, but it did have some you know some meaning to me and then yeah. that retrospectively kind of affects how i look at creed 2 and her relationship to drago in that
1: yeah and I, I, I loved creed 2 i thought creed 2 gave rocky for um, a weight that it didn't have before
3: yeah but yeah ah, uh, i could talk, i could talk about these movies all day <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to give you. So I'm going to give you your opening now because I was just about to say anything more about the new cut that you want to throw out.
3: Uh, to check it out, rent I think it's free on IMDb TV. Um, you, you'll have the commercials, obviously, um, every ten minutes or so. But uh, if if you're a fan of this franchise and you're a fan of Rocky IV specifically, or even if you're not a huge fan of Rocky IV you should definitely check this one out that there's enough back matter from part three in there that you don't need to, to go back and and rewatch three before you watch this Just plop yourself down, um, get some popcorn, throw this one on and, and, you know, make up your own mind on it. I, I, I would have no problem watching this one. If it was in the the box set, I I probably would be throwing this one on, um, more than the theatrical, even though I do love that. Um, hopefully this gets a physical release because you know i'm a completist
2: i'm sure um, it will i'm sure it yeah. will.
3: but yeah do do yourself a favor if, if it's been a while since you've watched any of these th- start with this recut and you know see if it stirs anything you need to, to go back and, and rewatch the series or just you know see it as a as an experiment um which it kind of is but uh i i think you'll be pleasantly surprised by it
2: I would not be surprised if this inspires other re-edits of certain movies. Uh, you know, we, we already have, what, what is it, the uh, the recut of Godfather 3, which I have have not watched. And what I've heard is it doesn't really necessarily improve it particularly to speak of. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see some more re-edits of different movies, uh if 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 only for home release, you know, maybe not big screen.
1: Yeah, I hope it doesn't. If they haven't <laughs> got the wherewithal to do it the way this has done it, because again, like like I said, when this was first announced, I was very what do we need that far. And then when I actually saw it, I mean, perhaps it was seeing it in the cinema. I don't know, but it's cer- I certainly felt it was every bit as gripping and engrossing as the best of the series now. I think it's it is a, a proper director's cut in that he has gone back. he's gone by. essentially he's, he's carved a new film out of the footage he's replaced some of the music like the sweetest victory now plays over the opening rather than either tiger either tiger comes later and he's put some of bill conti's themes under certain scenes mostly i noticed that they were scenes that weren't in the theatrical Mm. so i wonder if it was more a case of i didn't he didn't have a score right for those scenes so he's he's you know he's thrown bill conti's estate some money and um and they've because certainly adrian's theme is not in the theatrical cut and that's quite quite obvious in this one it plays quite a bit it recuts the entire movie and makes it a lot more character based it gives a lot more weight to Apollo's story arc. It gives Rocky a story arc. And it gives a bit more character to Ivan Drago. The villains aren't as one-dimensional as they were in the previous one. I think it's a masterful job. If you've got the time, Stallone's YouTube channel has a 90-minute documentary oh. on his approach to re-editing this. And it's really—it's a really fun watch. Because, like I say, as he's got older, he's got a lot more self-effacing and a lot more self aware and he's actually quite a fun guy to hang around with now. And uh, he seemed like he had a lot of fun doing it. And he's taken it incredibly seriously. He's obviously approached this with the mindset that people like me are going to go, he's just going to put one or two extra scenes in. It's just a mindless cash grab. It's like releasing Fury Road in black and white. You know, I'm sure it looks great, but there's nothing wrong with the colour one. And he's gone, no, I am going to recut this from top to tail. And he's done a really good job with that for a player to him
2: yeah I think again as as I've mentioned I think this is a superior cut of the movie uh, I think it does not lose all its fun because there are the music videos in there and there are moments that are enjoyable it 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 does lose some comic relief but I'm okay with that uh, because most of the comic relief that it loses uh was kind of fell flat on me anyway so I don't really have a problem with that per se uh I think this is just a superior version. I think if I go to watch the Rocky Saga, when I get to the fourth one, I'm going to go to this version. Uh, I think if either one is on TV, I'd stop and watch it. So (laughs) it's not that I dislike the original version. I just think this is better. I think this is a better film. It still maintains its fun, but it's a better film. So whereas I ranked the original cut as a low Jaws 2. I rank this as a high Jaws 2. I still don't think it's a perfect movie. I don't think it's a classic, so to speak, but I think it is a really solid movie now, whereas it did not have that before. So I would definitely recommend this.
3: Alright, so uh, I guess we're doing for what... Yeah, I, if, the, if the theatrical was a Jaws, then obviously this one that I've gushed over... Uh,
1: also has to be a Jaws. So, there you go. Has to be. See, I I I think this is low Jaws, because I gave the last one a high Jaws too. I actually think this is a better film. Now, I've only watched it once or twice, and one of those was the cinema screening, and you always think better of a film in the cinema, don't you? You know, so... Uh, You know what, I'm going to
2: disagree with that, and I'll get to that in a moment,
1: but go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Well, I do. I'm not going out to the cinema to not enjoy myself. Put it that way. Um, if I'm disappointed with it in the cinema, then it, it's legitimately unimpressed. me. <laughs> but watching this, watching this in the cinema was was it was like being 1986 again. It was just a joy from start to finish. So I'm going to go low jaws.
2: OK, great. Now, I'm just going to throw out there that uh, there were certain movies that I saw in the movies in the theater uh Now, whether it is a byproduct of it working better on a small screen, or more likely in my mind, a byproduct of expectations, where I expect something from the movie, and I'm a little disappointed that I didn't quite get what I wanted, and then when I watch it the second time, my expectations have been tempered, and I actually enjoy it more than I did the first time. Uh, The two examples that I can give for that very easily were uh, Iron Man 3 and Uh, Thor 2. In the movies, I was kind of disappointed by both. I was expecting things to be more bombastic and and more dramatic and whatever. Uh, And and I got not quieter films, but more contained films than I anticipated. And when I watched them at home, I actually enjoyed them much, much more than I did in the theater. So there are versions that I enjoy more. But That said, I think it is the exception, not the rule. Fair enough, So I guess that'll do it for Rocky IV and Rocky IV, the director's cut. Uh, Just as a final thought on that, actually, because we brought it up, while I do think this could inspire more director's cuts out there, uh, I agree with Andy that it might be a mistake uh, because we're going to see a lot of vanity projects if that happens. And I would would like to see... uh, I'd like to see that tempered somewhat, and I'm sure we're going to see things that uh, that I'm going to cringe over, uh, given given the time. Uh, but just the same, uh, if if it's occasionally done correctly, I'm going to I'm going to enjoy those versions. So, we'll see we'll see what else we get in the future. But in the meanwhile, thank you guys for coming on. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. And uh, thank you, thank you, Chris, for getting up early, and thank you, Andy, for staying home and delaying your going out. Time differences suck. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, yes. I'm up
3: early every day anyway.
2: But uh, thank you, everybody else, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye bye. Goodbye. Bye.
1: I came here tonight,
0: I didn't know what to expect.
3: Когда я вышел этим вечером на этот ринг, I see a lot of people hating me and i didn't know what to feel about that so i guess i didn't like you much none either
1: during this fight i've seen a lot of changing the way you felt about me and
0: the way i felt
1: about you. In here there were two guys killing each other.
3: But I guess that's better
1: than 20 million. я so i was trying to say is that if I can change Я думаю, что каждый тоже изменился And you can change Вы можете измениться. Каждый
0: может измениться.